The thing is not how you are on your best days, how can you step up on your worst day? When everything is going terrible, when you're tired, when you're frustrated, when you're edgy, how do you treat other people? Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. On this episode, it's interview time again, as fashion and beauty vlogger Jen M. joins us to give us a peek inside the world she describes as her own Truman Show, complete with over 3 million subscribers. What started humbly as a YouTube channel featuring thrift store clothing discoveries blossomed into an online sensation. She's also the first to warn of the many dangers of social media that can prey on your insecurities and your temptations. It's a great interview. Here we go. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli as we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dows Podcast, begins now. Welcome back, everybody. Another fine episode of the Drunken Dows Podcast, episode 240, a lovely day, especially for July. Oh, hi, is nothing but breezes. There may be some chainsaws and dog barkings in this one, but it won't last forever, and it's a great discussion we have with our friend, yeah, apology about the chainsaw guy who decided to chop down a tree two doors down as we started recording it. Thankfully, it should be mostly in the background, but yeah, yeah if you hear it, it's, you're not going crazy. It's there. It's just... Uh, <laughs> but uh, we had a fantastic conversation with Miss Jen Im. She's a delightful person. She's very sweet and kind. She came out here to... Um, she came out... You know, I ran into her through a series of random coincidences but i ended up reading one of the posts that she put on instagram and i really love what she had to say i thought she was extremely smart uh, sensitive enough to put the finger right on the good questions about social media she was kind enough to drive out to meet us and we had a great conversation so it's about to come to your earbuds in just a few seconds yeah that's a good one before that, let's say thank you, of course, to Short Design T-Shirts for their ongoing support over the years. Also, thank you to uh, Occult Herbs and Tonics. I always want to give them a shout out. They are a small family company. They put together these herbs that you can put on salads, on steak, on all sorts of stuff. They are sweet people. So OccultHerbsAndTonics.com. Of course, thank you to the people keeping the drunk in the drunken Taoist, Om Cellars, and also MaterraWines.com. Both of them are beautiful, beautiful people. Um, if you guys use our Amazon link, we love you for that. Also, most importantly, let's say thank you to a few folks who have parted with their hard-earned money to support us. In this case, it's very few, not because you guys are bad people who hate us, but because we just released an episode and it's gonna be I'm going to be traveling, so we're not going to be able to record it closer to release. So in the next episode, our list of names is probably going to be long. This time, it's just the four horsemen of the apocalypse are... Let the pottering begin. 
Stephen McKee, Daniel Fischel, Frederick Hahn, and Jonathan Waterloo. Very familiar names. Yes. Thank you so much for your support over the years. If you want to join this brave band of heroes, paypal.me forward slash dbolelli, paypal.me forward slash dbolelli, or otherwise you can use my email, which is b as in boy, o as in Ohio, d as in Daniel, h as in Hawaii, i as in Iowa, 1974 at yahoo.com. Again, that's body, 1974 at yahoo.com. Having said all that, Let's hop in our episode. Yes. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, here we go with a new episode. Miss Jen Im here with us today. Thank you so much for driving all the way to visit us, for uh, being willing to be on the podcast and uh, hopping on this conversation. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think this is like the strangest crossover of yeah, the internet. Yeah, like, yeah. I never, I feel like if the simulation was true, like this, this is, is how evidence. it works. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> how did it happen? Like, I forget if oh no no you told me you were listening to a Duncan Trussell yes. episode oh, yeah and you're awesome. like a, yeah he's one of my favorite uh, yeah. podcasters and yeah I love the episodes that you're on yeah. that you're in and so yeah yeah Duncan <laughs> is hilarious it's just one Duncan is the only guy that I always say this about I mean there are ten million things to say about him but like he's the only guy that I can listen to his commercials mm. and nothing <laughs> else and I'm perfectly happy right yes. they are so funny <laughs> you know it's like and the, they work. They yeah, work. I, I, yeah, I bought Lumi Labs because of it. Of course. Yeah, of course. I was like, it actually is the perfect dose. Yeah, Just yeah, one yeah. gummy and you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy is the best. My fate, my is old that time favorite. One gummy and you're good. <laughs> I'm like paraphrasing. Oh, half, no, I think that's great. But it's true. I'm I think that with down. dosage, it's like you don't know what you're taking. Right. And I think in the wild, wild west, like before it was yeah. legal, it's like you took a gummy and you were just in another dimension. Of course. And that you're was there fentanyl. For, yeah. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I have that. I edibles are just not my thing. I can't, uh, you know, mm. if I eat anything through lungs, I'm good. Through the stomach, mess. I either don't feel anything or it knocks me out. Wow. There is no middle ground whatsoever. I try to even build it up like one milligram at a time. And I went from absolutely nothing to one milligram over and feeling like, Apocalypse is happening yes, in other exactly. dimension. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Oxnard. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's gorgeous. We've got wow. 15 of those going. She's happy. Yep. She's very happy. Yeah, she's happy. A rich plantation. Yeah, the yeah. rich plantation. Nice. Beautiful. But yeah, my full-time favorite is he when he used to do short design t-shirts um, ads, he had somebody clipped every single ad that he did and put them on a three-hour YouTube video. Stop. And I kid you not. I'll listen just to that. I'll put it on just because I'm just like, oh, this is the funniest thing ever. And, uh, but yeah, so you are, oh, that's funny. So you're checking out the Duncan episode and then that's, how the, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That actually led to the ruination of our show because mm-hmm. he was guest number 001. Oh, wow. told some of the vilest jokes. Oh, my God, <laughs> yes. I think we lost our entire audience on episode one. Really? <laughs> so everybody starts on episode yeah. one. Uh, they, and that between our anti-corporate stances, you know, we were fucked from the beginning. But 
Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, Here we I think, are. I think it's like people are like, "Oh, drunken Tao is there's gonna be some philosophy. There's gonna be this is gonna be cool." And first episode they get is Duncan saying atrociously gross stories, and we're <laughs> like, "Thanks, Duncan. That was nicely done." Oh but we gotta yeah. set the barrier low, right? Yeah, and yeah, then, so yeah. there's no expectations after that. Oh, there's definitely no down, not. That's for sure. Yes. <laughs> it's only up. After that, it was easy, yeah. <laughs> One thing that for people, I'm sure there are some people listening right now who know your work already. For people who don't, it's kind of trippy in a way to introduce you because, you know, to talk about somebody and say that they are doing, uh, they create content for Instagram and YouTube, it sounds like, eh, you know, everybody and their grandma creates content on Instagram and YouTube. The difference is that you do it to a level that is like 0.001 percent of content creators you know it's like the you created out of nothing something of proportions that buckles the mind you know they are just like how did she do it and and that's i mean you have like what how many millions of people between YouTube and Instagram and so on? It's like, I forget the numbers, yeah, but it's it, a lot. Yeah, I've never like calculated it. And also just the way you introduce that, it's, it sounds like much more like meaningful than what I think. It, sometimes because <laughs> when I'm in it, I'm just like, I just, you know, I, I'm basically in like a self-induced Truman show right. where I just document my life and, <laughs> and pour it to the abyss and like, here it is, right. you know? And so, yeah, but I think it's just, it. it's very interesting because I feel like my generation, it, like we grew up, on the internet mm -hmm. so sharing my life online was just something that I voluntarily did yeah. since the moment I had access to a computer mm -hmm. so web one was you know the dot com websites any website that I got on whether it was like Zanga Live Journal or MySpace Friendster I was on there because right. you know I was like 10 yeah, or 11 yeah, yeah. you I just started playing yeah exactly it's so like I had no freedom physically I had no money mm -hmm. I like I couldn't go anywhere but online i can go everywhere and talk to someone in minnesota in a chat room right you know i don't know what we were talking about but it was cool i had my internet friends and then i had my school friends and so that kind of just kind of snowballed into this medium that's uh, <laughs> but you know the funny thing is that how many people do that three zillion people are out there spending most of their time on the net in one way or another for some reason, you went from doing what everybody in the world does to doing something that 0.01% of people do. Mm. How do you think that journey happened? Because, I mean, it's like, of course, you know, there's always a lack as a factor that doors yes. open and you don't know how. And you're like, oh, look at that. I found myself here. But still, it's not just luck. There's right. something that has happened from going from uh, using the net the way most people use it to what you do. How do you think that journey went down? You know, how do you go from uh, you 10 years old chit-chatting with somebody in Minnesota to you building essentially a web empire? Because <laughs> really, I mean, objectively, like when you pass certain numbers, it's a different kind of gig. That's your profession. That's what you do for a living. Right. That's what... That's very different from even the content creator, even the ones who are successful, who do it mm -hmm. on the side as a side gig and they get a little bit. That's a whole other scale. How do you think that happened? Well, I think I probably, you know, they say you need to 
like clock in 10,000 hours before mm-hmm. you master something. I think it started when I was 10. Right. Just being able to connect with people through just language, uh, asking the right questions, making the experience really easy for them, even with like blogs and stuff. Mm-hmm. You remember when everyone had a blog spot mm-hmm. and you'd have pictures, everything was like kind of 2D, like it was just images and then words, images and words. And so that was the content that I was constantly consuming. And these people these pixels were, were my friends, yeah. even though it was very like one-sided. It was mm-hmm. like my first like parasocial relationship. And so I feel like what kind of gave me longevity in my career is using that as like, using that as like, like data of mm-hmm. how I wanted to construct what I wanted to showcase. So by the time I started YouTube, I was probably, I think I was 18 years old. Okay. And the, the, the blog, community was also was already really saturated and mm-hmm. honestly I was a terrible writer my main <laughs> problem with all my essays was I had no thesis right. meaning I had no point uh-huh. and like and it, so welcome to our show yeah, right exactly <laughs> like what's the thesis but funny enough I I since I felt so insecure r- r- like writing I was like okay let me just try YouTube where mm-hmm. nobody is here there was just people showing what they got at Target or just like random skits that had no wow. meaning and I was like okay I love fashion I love especially thrifting mm-hmm. I always love getting a bang for my buck so I thought that it would be just I thought it'd just be easier to show people through a video what I got at the thrift store and mm-hmm. showed them how I styled it and just made the experience really smooth for for the for the viewer. Yeah. Like instead of just talking about the item, just put it on. Yeah, instead yeah. of just putting it on your house, show them in an environment where they could wear it mm-hmm. and talk to them. And so I think I think I have the I think this is where like that, that intimacy grew because I was like eighteen when I started this and so you know I have this this factor of nostalgia mm-hmm. where people will stop watching me for a couple of years and that's totally fine and then they'll tap in being like oh my gosh I remember you when I was like 12 years old and now I'm like a like a doctor you know of course yeah it's it's actually crazy that's wow that's yeah. wild at what point did it go from uh, I'm having fun on YouTube to being uh, a career I think it happened once I graduated from college from UC okay. Davis because it was always just like a side thing. I, yeah. I think I, I made my first like actual money from Google when I was, I think, tw- 20. Uh-huh. That's when they started rolling out AdSense, probably like in 2010. Yeah. And once you hit $100, that's when they send your first check right. out. And my, I showed my parents being like, look, I can quit my smoothie job because yeah. <laughs> I made $100. And they're like, if you're making money and you're staying in school, just do it. Right. Yeah. Was it Blenders by any chance? Blenders, yes. I worked at three smoothie shops. Oh, wait, no. The name? Yeah. No, it's not. It was called Robex. It's uh, still around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Blenders is a big one up here. Really? You might want to try one. In Ojai? Well, Ventura for sure. Okay. I'll, I'll keep a lookout. And did you ever go to the giant Salvation Army thrift store in Van Nuys? It was Old Bowling Alley? <gasps> no. My wife ran that one for like seven years. We oh talked thrifting for hours. I feel like that the would be what I like shit stuff. we have in our house. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go thrifting in your house. I feel like there's a lot of goodies yeah. in there. It's like you pre-curated by you. No, it's literally like, like, you know, seven copies of the White Album because you know someone's pop pop would die and they really take these incredible stacks of records right and anything on the floor for the day we murdered we moved our way through three different pianos because it's just well let's upgrade because people would drop off pianos drop off stuff yeah Yeah. totally i was thinking about getting a piano actually i hear it's like is it like the number one like disposed item (laughs) at a thrift store i don't think it's not in that range but they do show up in amazing ways wow i mean the one we have now is like a digital one 
so it's not so small, but mm. the sample is 120 versions of every key from the lightest touch to as hard as you can really? get. Really? Wow. It, does so it feel the same for you? Oh, it's totally exactly weighted keys. It's a Yamaha keyboard, huh. but it's digital. Interesting. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's an old one, too. That's a pretty sweet deal. Uh, yeah. I think it was $180. Wow. Yeah, that's where you'll get. Yes. You know, because once it's on the floor for a couple of days, they can make any deal they want to. Yeah, of course. At that point. And then he turned about being hateful. Um, it's crazy for you. Like when she first started, she ran. They started a boutique in Ventura, which here is the concept. We'll take the nicer stuff and cluster it together so we can charge more money. This is not doing anything to the people who need clothes, mm-hmm. the people who need. This yeah. is like, this is some really incredible things. And we were going to have from Santa, Santa Barbara down through all of Ventura this. But they first sort of supplied it from what was in LA and it was called the Salvation Army Boutique. It was in Ventura. It was spinning like a top. And then the other, other stores were, well, why do they get the good stuff? <laughs> yeah, of course. Of so course. Her, her store alone was enough to keep, it was a 120 room battered woman's shelter in Ventura that that store alone was able to keep open. Wow. And then from the, oh, well, we want some nice stuff too. Just wrecked it all. Mm. So it doesn't exist anymore? Nope. Oh. And then they Salvation Army fancies itself a real army, so they'll move people around. Because when, when she first started, she was Goodwill for a while, but Goodwill, a terrible, terrible company. It's mm. all about profits. It's all about how many handicapped people can you hire so the government will pay for their wages and just terrible right. things. Everybody get like if there's like a 12-store cluster, that's one guy at the top pulling millions out of it, even though... They say they're doing good things. Really? I mean, that goes pretty much anything that gets big it enough. It does, but that's, 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 that's just not what they represent. No, of course. Mm-hmm. But so, I mean, it's like... So she switched over to Salvation Army, and everybody from across the country is like, oh my God, they hate gay people. Like, how can you possibly do that? And we're like, well, in her group, there's like seven of the 12 managers are definitely gay. Right. But then things shifted, and they brought these folks in from Missouri... And they made sure every single one of them got repositioned somewhere they didn't like, too far away, and they totally got rid of all the gay Changed, people. Changed, uh, yeah. And that's when Gretchen somehow found her way out the door as well. Yeah, of course. She was an enabler the, and the, being on their side. The dark underbelly of the business. It's terrible. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Even in the thrifting community, that's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. Your experience of being a take it more on, more positive. <laughs> you yeah, I know. I was like, it's amazing. Right. Like this stuff, you don't need to buy anything new. Right. I mean, that's the main thing I liked about thrifting is you're you're purchasing pre existing things. Right. I feel like we have enough shit to last yeah. like eighteen lifetimes. Exactly. So yeah, forever. So yeah, that there's a there's a nice environmental side to it, right? Because it's like yeah. that's the thing that always uh, it always freaked me out coming from um, coming to US from Italy. Mm. The fact that see now out here so much stuff. I haven't thought about it in terms of thrifting. I was thinking more in terms of houses or technology or thing that there's like that planned obsolescence aspect where mm. things are built to last you know one day more than the guarantee current than the warranty of kind of right, thing yeah. 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 and it's like and instead I mean like for example in um, in Italy houses last for centuries you know they are be, they are not usually built with a wooden frame they are built mm. uh, in a much heavier fashion so it tends to be a little more complicated of a process you don't just say oh, I'll take down this wall put up it's not that easy mm-hmm. but once you do it lasts you know and so I was uh, 
it was always shocking to me how quickly things were going out of style and change and houses taken down and rebuilt. And I was like, wow, there's a... And and without even a judgment, it wasn't even about, oh, it's terrible or it's good, but like this idea of nothing lasting and Mm. things going in and out, in and out. Disposable. Totally. (laughs) And so I like the idea instead of things lasting. I like the idea of, uh, I mean, okay, they, uh, my family makes fun of me to that, but like my, half of my t-shirts are way older than my daughter you know? <laughs> they are like probably 20 plus years <laughs> yeah. and i'm just like as long as there's more fabric than there are holes i'm yeah. happy you know it's still a t-shirt you know it's like i'm good Look, but people will pay a lot of money for those like right? a pre-worn oh, yeah. shirt yeah that's funny broken in that's what i look for in a thrift right. store like i want it to be like washed 50,000 times yeah. like, perfect this was there's actually uh, added nirvana <laughs> yeah exactly truly. 20 years later <laughs> mm-hmm. Why uh, Why do you think you started with thrifting? Because, uh, I mean, now it, that's not all. Like, you do other things as well, yeah. right? But, like, where do you think it was just you were doing it for fun anyway? And so you were like, yeah, why not? Let's play with that with YouTube. And you got a response out of it. Was that how it worked? Yeah, I think that I think that was, like, my main passion. I mm-hmm. think just, like, fashion, uh, putting on an assembling an outfit. Yep. It's, like, it's, like, kind of like a political thing you can uh, that everyone needs to do. Like, you mm-hmm. have to wear clothes or else you will get right. arrested. <laughs> but so, like, why not have a little fun with it? Yeah. And I feel like some I think when I was younger, I had a lot of trouble communicating. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, like, putting on an outfit kind of explained how I was feeling mm. you know if I'm like a little dark and moody just wear a hoodie black hoodie more, more makeup so it was just like a form of expression right. that obviously catches attention too mm-hmm. and I think I started off with fashion and then it kind of snowballed into every kind of facet in my life from makeup to just sure. showing what I do with my lifestyle and then as I got older I was like what books are you reading what films are you watching like let's analyze this and then now it's kind of more self-development uh, motherhood mm-hmm. just kind of keeping the human spirit alive because I feel like there is this 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 like low I don't know like the, I don't know if it's just me but I feel like there's like this hum of like loneliness anxiety yeah. and so I think yeah. I, I love to just share the tools that I'm learning I don't want to come off as an expert because I'm sure. a freaking idiot and I don't know what I'm doing but I do know what is working for me as like a highly anxious person but yeah. like also I'm, I'm still functioning in society no but that's yeah. great because ultimately that's like yeah the most turn off things is when people kind of sit up on the podium like mm. let me tell you how to run your life a young child let me, it's like it's there's a vibe that's condescending a little cult leader like and all of that so i think your approach of just being like hey this is what works for me take it or leave it see if it works for you take maybe works half of it and not the other that's ultimately the honest approach yeah. which is always what i appreciated about uh podcasting for example Mm -hmm. like the genuine aspect of just like i'm not selling you anything this is my experience this is my reality if it can help you i'm so thankful and if it can't this is still my experience i can't you know make it up in another way to try to sell you something so that i think is i mean that also may have been part of the success aspect of your journey is just being genuine you know just being real about it you yeah know, I, I like, try yeah i think like for yeah. you know since i've been online for such a long time there like there's a lot of hats that you try on you try the hat of like reassurance being mm-hmm. like i know what i'm talking about yeah. i'm a, i'm a successful business owner of and course. this is how i became successful and i tried that on hat on and i was like i don't like being a ceo mm-hmm. like this is actually really difficult and i'm not made for this um i think 
and, and I think stepping down and understanding that if there's like a role that doesn't fit you, like you don't have to do it just because it's the next sure. position in line. Like, cause I think every, ugh, I hate this word influencer, but once you become like a successful in- influencer, the next step is, so what's your business? Like what, what are you going to sell? My yeah. brand. But my brand. Yeah. Like of you become course. your brand. And, yeah. and I think that's the, that's the hat that I tried on. And I was like, I don't like selling like items that I am manufacturing and I'm, I'm Mark. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm much happy just creating like digital content, especially because it's, it's, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not creating physical items to the world it's just going into the digital space mm-hmm. sure it still has a carbon footprint because of like electricity sure. and, you know but I'm as not, small as it gets yes as far yes. as yeah no that makes sense i and love I, that you found that loneliness is the biggest problem on this planet right now because yes. there's no question about it right that this and has been one of our ongoing themes of conversation we are for we, 10 years like we brought up also this statistic not so long ago that we ran into at some point that i forget what study was one in was seven like, women and i think it's one in 10 women, women one in seven and men. it was like yeah 15 percent of men something like that say they don't have a single friend mm. Not like they have one or two crappy ones that still leave you unfulfilled but you have something no 0.0 like, and like that's the people that admit that they don't yeah, have friends. Exactly. Exactly. I think I've like ran into this statistic as well. I, I was yeah. watching like a big think video on mm-hmm. YouTube and I, it was about loneliness and friendship. And yeah. I'm like, oh, click on it. But they said that statistic. And that made me really concerned, especially because I have, I have a son. Yeah. And so it, I think having a child makes you really consider the future in a yeah. whole, entirely different lens. Just of course. a little bit. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, I don't even know how. It's terrifying. It's, yes, it is. It is, and I do. And why do you think that men have trouble finding a friend? Like, I think there's. I mean, generally speaking, there has been this thing of men feeling like if you need somebody, if you show that first, there has been kind of a repression of feelings of that makes you a real man if you don't show feelings. That makes you. Um, not needing anybody is a sign that you are a true individual. You know, we have taken individualism, which in itself is not a bad thing, but Mm -hmm. we have taken it so far to a place that's toxic where it's just unhealthy, you know, where it's just... uh, And it was funny too, like the other day I was talking with my lady and she was saying this thing that... um, She's saying, why is it like there are actually my daughter too was mentioning like there are so many people who who feel like they are your best friend and and that's not exactly how it works. Like maybe you're not even really friends, Mm. but you are. And one of the things they were saying is because you talk to them about stuff that matters to them, about their feelings, about what their problems. And to me, it's like. Well, what else are you going to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, that just being human is a pretty low bar. Mm. But then, like, even Savannah was saying, like, even at the gym, somebody at one point was asking, hey, how are you doing? And she was like, oh, I'm good. And she, he was like, no, seriously, how are you doing? Because she seemed a little off and so started asking. And she felt like, oh, my God, this is the most moving thing ever. And it's just somebody treating you like a human being, you right. know, trying to be interested in your emotions or things that matter. That, to me, is like... That's a really low bar. And she said the uh, three times that it happened to her was all with people from Europe. 
Yes. And he was all like, because he was more normal, I guess, there. And mm -hmm. here is a little more, you keep it a little more close to yourself so you don't share emotions as much. Yeah. And I'm guessing. I don't know. It's just weird. No, I feel you on that. Because I feel like in America, it's definitely more of like a performative culture. Yes. But whenever I go to England, my husband's British, mm -hmm. like, I, like it's the chat, the banter. Yeah. It's like the, no yeah. one asks you what you do. It's just you just go to the pub, you hang out, Stuff. everyone's just yeah. laying it out. It, it's, it's incredible. Yep. No, my wife gets these phone calls from back in Tennessee, and a lot of times it's just like a one-way conversation of this, them, blah, 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 of blah. Course. They don't even really give a shit what's up to you. They just want to unload, yep. say their piece, and be on their way. Because probably they have nobody else to listen. I think that's exactly yeah. what it is. And so, so it's this if is they find one, somebody who listens, they yes. are like, yes. I'm in traffic, <laughs> just talk. Yeah. No, it is a crisis of a level that, it's going to get us. I've been blaming the internet for yeah, it the entire I was, time. Yeah. I would say like it mimics kind of how social media works where you just you just post and like this is how I'm feeling. Where's my likes? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's, the idea, because you experienced it, the idea of being in ninth, tenth grade with Facebook up and running. Yeah. Like they used to have these things called slam books. Have you ever heard of that? So in the 70s no. and the 80s, if you were in kind of middle school, they would have this notebook and they would have a page for everybody and they would write the shittiest things about people. And if the teacher came, you closed it and hid it because you don't want to get caught with it. I'm missing out. I didn't know. Well, so I these things, you know, it was bad enough to get lies told about you just within the school. Right. You get lies told about you that the whole world knew about. Mm. I yeah. cannot possibly fathom having that sort of social media available and being an eighth grader. Right. It seems like the worst nightmare of all time. But you know, I don't think you guys even realize the capacity of it because it was just, that's just how it is. The yeah. thing that's puzzling though is that while, yes, 100%, right? You know, internet for sure, it plays that role and it, it does, it has changed things dramatically in that regard. I just, you know, I just came back from Italy on vacation and it's still, you know, everybody's on the net anyway. And it's still the culture is totally different from what I see in the U.S., you know. So sure. despite the influence of Internet and Facebook and this and that and the other, it's still like you get uh, at the last minute, it can be like, hey, you want to meet up? I'm in town. And suddenly you have a dinner with 15 people that year. I would have to plan about three months ahead. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> OK, between noon and 1.30 on mm -hmm. that day, six weeks from now, because everybody's busy want to go home locked i mean we would finish things and it's like 11 p.m on a tuesday and i'm walking down the street and milan looks like he's 1 p.m in la you know it's packed with people who uh, come from dinner doing this uh. are meeting their friends are doing and i'm like whoa you know these guys are dealing with the same internet culture that we all deal with but the outcome is so radically different you know why do you think that is it really feels like there's something about some places the culture i mean the trends that we are all dealing with like internet is a global phenomenon it's mm. not restricted to one place or another but the pre-existing culture either magnifies that dramatically or sure it's affected by like 10 percent. and i think the pre-existing culture of us is built on uh, individualism on work on mm -hmm. the primary thing is work it's not your social life your friends it's about make money get a good career, 
Um, and so people are willing to move across the country to chase a job. You drop everything behind mm. your friends, your relationship, your family. You will see them for Christmas kind of stuff. But there's the job. And, you know, we have privileged that so far ahead of everything else. I mean, I remember even in college when people... You know, because I was coming from abroad, so I was uh, I had to save money in any way possible because it was extra expensive. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I had community college for as long as I could. And I remember people were like, oh, why then don't you transfer to and mention all these schools? I'm like... I don't know anybody in fucking Massachusetts. Why am I going there? You <laughs> yeah. know, it's like, there's no, oh, but it's a great school. It's like, yeah, what do I care? <laughs> you know, it's, I want to know people, you know, human beings, and they're not interchangeable that I can just drop all my relations and go there and suddenly it's very, I'm like, no, thanks, man. I've already done it once moving from Italy to US. That's mm -hmm. a huge change. I don't want to just dispose of, and I felt that the attitude was very much relationships are disposable. Mm. You know, it's like you can become friendly with somebody in the first three minutes, which is great, but also because it remains skin deep. It's very superficial. You yeah. know, it's very, you connect. Oh, now it's another, I move on to my next thing. I graduate or change job or move. And suddenly that relationship is like, it's been nice knowing you. Now let's go to the next thing. And mm. I, I don't know, I'm not, for me, growing up, Italy wasn't friendly enough. I felt that I want more. I want more sense of tribe, of mm, friendship mm -hmm. and stuff. You so, moved the wrong place. I yeah, right. <laughs> and I moved here and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I don't even have a car. <laughs> no. What I thought was the baseline was not the baseline no. at all to be taken for granted. It's actually sounds like, whoa, okay. So it's... Um, and it's a trade-off, don't get me wrong, because, you know, you, I go back to Italy and, like, to get stuff done from a work perspective is a nightmare, you mm. know. It's just so hard to, the bureaucracy, the attitude tend to be pretty conservative about new things. There's no, like, yeah, if you say you're 18 and you say, I'm going to start a YouTube channel, you're going to have 10 people who tell you, 50 good reasons why it will never work. Right. They kind of like put you in your place. Completely. Like you can't like aim that high. Completely. Right. You know, so there's these, uh, and that's annoying as hell, right? So that's one of the reasons why I didn't like Italy mm. and I love moving here. But at the same time, you know, we're just there and they are eating like a king. Every food you touch is amazing. <laughs> uh, social life is 100 times better than the US. You're like, okay, well, <laughs> that's kind of important too, you know? Right. So it was... Uh, it's tricky. But yeah, as far as this particular topic, I feel that's where US is way behind. Yeah. It's just not heading in a, it's probably never been that great and it's not heading in a good direction. Right. You know, those statistics are scary. Like as a historian, mm -hmm. like do you have any predictions about like where, where America is going? Like do you think this is kind of like our, our de this is like the, this is like our decline yeah right Rome yeah. 2.0 mm -hmm. yeah it's yes because every civilization has it well we're already checked off pretty much everything on the list okay <laughs> oh god the over expansion of the military yeah. all around the world I mean yeah the haves versus the have nots yeah. the, the crooked politicians you're 100% correct. I guess the question becomes, though, because declines are not all born the same. Like, there's no argument that there's going in a decline direction. The argument is, what will it mean? Will it mean, you know, England in the 1700s, where it's like, well, you're still pretty good. You know, it's a, it's a soft <laughs> landing. It's a landing that's not as harsh. Yeah. Or is uh, the Roman Empire in the year 400, where the decline is so dramatic, they are like, Jesus, what just happened there, you know? So that's where, yeah, decline is 
it's a fact that's mm-hmm. not even up for debate. The question is, what will it mean? You know, right. will it mean this soft, gentle slope or it's a catastrophic uh, drop? And and that's where I think is the open question and I, that I have no idea. Yeah, and I think like AI is kind of like the, the sprinkle, the, like the magic sprinkle dust that's like accelerating yeah. everything. Yeah. I think that's, I think as someone in the social media space, I think that is, that's like the outlier where I'm like, hey guys, like we should be paying attention to this yeah. variable. Like this is a, a big thing, but then people are like, you're a fear monger stop being afraid of this like when we had electricity it was fine i'm like yeah but electricity didn't make its own decisions no exactly (laughs) yes it's not generating new ideas (laughs) or or video perfect representations of anybody it wants to saying anything it wants to yeah you know what i've come around though yeah, I think it's the second coming. What? Because really? uh, we just did an episode, a highly uplifted episode entitled "What Was It?" This is the end. AI yeah. and the end of humanity, oh, or something I've like that. To this. So yeah. we were not in a particularly positive mood. Yeah. So I'm curious to hear. Well, because well, it was darkness, you know. Basically, we got to get to if we can't write the songs, if we can't do the art, yeah. if you oh. want, because who's going to put thirty years of practicing their art when I can make a Monet of the LA skyline just by asking for it? Yeah, mm. but. In my darkness of my hellish trip to Texas, somebody said, what if this is exactly what we need? Because it is a creation of ours. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it's wise enough to go, you know, I had to look around and these inequalities don't seem to be working very well. You guys should fix that. Mm. So, no, I mean, the other aspects for sure, right? It's like if we can figure out to make AI do all the horrendous drudgery that people have to deal with. Yep. And um, that would be fantastic. The problem has been exactly that, like the first place that AI has gone has been uh, creativity, which is the last (laughs) place you want it to go to, right? That's the one human thing that you don't want to mess with. The other stuff is interesting. The social aspect is interesting. All the other things it can do is, uh, it could actually be positive. The problem is when it moves into the creative space, taking that one spark that's uniquely human yep. mm. and you start taking that away and it's like, Ugh, that's where I tend to go into the panic. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it looks like the actors are going to join the writers next week on the strike because the producers refuse to say they're not going to use AI. Right. Oh, Why would I pay you as a writer when I can get the machine to do it for free? It'll be the same direct that's coming out anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah, or then the actors. So when once you can start using people's uh, faces and stuff, yeah. yeah, that's the. Yeah, that would be an issue. That would definitely be can an I issue. Ask you a weird question. Sure. <laughs> How old were you when you got your driver's license? I was fifteen. So you were yeah. an anom- anomaly. Yeah, I wanted to get the fuck out of the house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why? Just because. Well, my kids must be the same age. They're between twenty-five and thirty. Are you in mm. that range? I'm 32. Yeah. Okay. So very, very close. Um, it just seemed that whole collection, nobody want to get a driver's license because to us in the seventies into the eighties or even in the eighties, I couldn't wait. I was at the DMV the day I was ready for it so Mm -hmm. I could get it started. And that just did not exist in the uh, millennial generation at all. They didn't have, they didn't want to go anywhere. Really? Because I think it was back in the time, because I think there's so much interaction on the internet right now that, yeah, we're all here and we're FaceTiming this and that, but it's just not the same as actually being in the same room it's as somebody. Not. No, yeah. it's not. And we miss so much. No. Mm. I feel like fear is a big element, too, because I feel like now we have just so much information that mm-hmm. it's kind of, you can create just an endless list of different ways you can die. Of course. So I, I have like a couple of friends that just 
they just don't drive because they're afraid of of an accident, which is valid. Yeah, sure. But it's I don't know. I mean, maybe it could be their their algorithm that's showing them different like scary things that it's coming for you though. So you might as well just accept it and get over it, right? Because but that is a very good. I think that's another part of sort of the the puzzles that back in the day when Walter Cronkite was doing thirty minutes of news, that would be it. So. Unless it was some insane serial killer that had gobbled up 91 people. You would never hear about such things. Yeah, yeah. But now that we have to fill 24 hours a day I'll with 17 to. different kinds of news, mm. the garbage and the tiny little stories, look what happened in Ecuador yesterday. That was Ecuador. Yeah. Or it was Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Yeah. These things, they make it feel like it's in your backyard yeah. when it's not. So your panic level is all raised up. The shields are always up. You're afraid to step outside. And you've never met anybody anyway. So. Yeah, true. It's like the medium is the message, right? Yeah. So like in social media's medium is like everything's happening all at once. Mm-hmm. You've got to pay attention to everything. If you care about one thing, you have to care about like 18,000 other things. And I feel like during the pandemic, like at the height of it, I feel like suddenly everyone had to become like a spokesperson to every horrendous thing that's happening, yeah. you know? Or like it's like if you speak about one thing, then you have to speak about all the causes. And, you know, as someone like, and I just started off just talking about fashion. And so I felt like... I, if I didn't say a statement, then suddenly I, it was like a witch hunt, too. Yeah. So I feel like we've kind of gone through that phase of social media as well. And I think, I don't know. I think like what what's interesting about AI is I think the next thing that's going to happen is it's going to allow influencers or any, actually just any public figure to scale themselves, mm-hmm. right? So I think that that's, and, that, and I think that's scary because I'm just like, why would I create, like, will I lose the passion of creating content when I can just use an app to make something even better than I could? That is and, precisely my point on creativity right. and AI, where I'm like, ooh, this right? is scary. It's scary. This is scary. But like, I think this is where, like, I'm trying to think of things a little bit more optimistically. I, like I feel that. like there's just, you just, you just have to, especially when yeah. you have kids, yeah. like you can't. Yeah. So I have a feeling that there's going to be this strong pushback for people to have real life, uh, events right it's just you know when you say that it makes me realize what a pain in the ass i am because i i tend to go my route tend to go let me paint it as dark as humanly possible <laughs> and until you know if you are still feeling all preppy and happy i'm just like no look at the reality yeah. it's dark and horrible once we agree on the dark and horrible then i'm like Oh come on! But it's not that bad. Let's let's yeah. get out of it. Yeah. You know. But my journey, unfailingly, on everything I touch, tends to be: I like to look at it in in harsh terms. Mm-hmm. You know, even not necessarily. Well, actually, that's putting it mildly, not in optimistic terms. In sometimes pretty negative terms. But then once I go there, then it's like, okay, we're not going to dwell here. It's, we know this. Now what? How do we get out of here? How do we still have a good life? Ultimately? Right. And I, I do do that journey, but I tend to, most people who end up where I want to go with a more optimistic take mm-hmm. tend to skip over the middle part a little more. It's like, oh, yeah, there's some bad stuff. Yeah, but but- I'm just like, no, no, it's bad emulate heavy out bad it is and then i like the it almost i don't know maybe it's my flair for drama there's more of a hero journey mm. there where there's more of a, the bigger the dragon bigger to the slay yeah. The, yeah. No, i'm with the, you on that because i feel like in order to fix a problem you, you have to describe the problem yeah. and diagnose all the issues and i i'm like ready to go down in the cave with you yeah. you know like <laughs> let's go down the ai risk and i feel like that's a subject that people just don't want to look at because mm-hmm. it is freaking terrifying like when gpt4 launched in like march and a march mm-hmm. i couldn't sleep 
I genuinely yeah. couldn't sleep. And I just thought about what this could actually mean, mm-hmm. especially for even like our digital selves. Like it was yep. like my first time I ever heard of something called like like a digital hell mm-hmm. where it's like we're okay. So like the Internet. <laughs> Like we're we're just it's 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 like the human brain, right? We're just like pumping all of our secrets, what what we love, what yep. we hate, and then this like alien species, like AI, it's essentially being able to to craft just be it's going to be able to like control us in a way that we can't even imagine because mm-hmm. it's just like like the ant hill theory, right? Like it's like having someone something that is hyper like wait, like just so much smarter smarter than you like we we can't even understand like what they're gonna do to us it knows everything about you mm-hmm. it knows all your fears exactly so sometimes i feel like it's it's my job to create content where it it, it make not not that it makes it more friendly but like it grew up on online it's like yeah. it's, it's like a kid that's just learning everything just online so i think it's kind of like our duty to create just more positive um pieces of content that yeah. That kind that might change. I, I know it's like a big C. No, but of information, I mean, what else are you gonna do? Exactly, you know, that is the the best use of one's energy that one can can make. You know, that's and there was actually a post of yours I remember not so long ago that I thought was super insightful and very interesting, where you went into a whole thing about sort of the dark side of social media, mm. the dark side of. Uh, and you stated from the get-go, you know, I'm super thankful to have been able to have had the career I've had, to have had the journey I had. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like painting it like it's all bad. You know, you were very upfront about being thankful for it. But at the same time, also the the weird part of that journey, the yeah. feeling the pressure to put this uh, idealized version of yourself all the time online, feeling the pressure of... And I'm wondering... Because, you know, clearly, if you, anybody online will feel those things. Mm. There's no, but clearly, you know, if you have uh, five members of your family who are checking out your stuff, it's a little different than if you are having millions of people who are analyzing your every video you post. Mm. So clearly the pressure goes up. The bigger your platform is, the bigger your reach is, the more there's pressure because you're going to run into... How have you handled all that? Because, I mean, we all deal to one degree or another with the social media addiction and all those things. I would imagine that in your case, that's a few steps beyond what the average person experiences. So I'm curious how has been uh, your journey into handling that. Yeah, I think it's kind of accepting my biological form because I've like, you know, I've got my digital. Yeah like digital form right and this person is the idealized version that i think is is perfect it's like my subjective version of perfect right and so she changes all the time and she's interacting with people and hanging out mm-hmm. all versions of me are, are like simultaneously hanging out with other people online and so sometimes that gets in my head of like who like who am i going to be next it's almost like kind of like a reincarnation of like who i want that digital self to be yeah um, but I think I'm like, waiting for your drag version now. My drag, <laughs> <laughs> this is my drag version. Oh shit! <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like I think like there is like a, a level of like imposter syndrome too because there was, there was like a moment where I I was afraid to meet my subscribers in real life because I would never meet up to that romanticized version that they had in their head because everything that I don't post online they will just fill in the gaps with with whatever they think like she would say or mm-hmm. do you know it's 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 a very like intimate relationship and so what helps me 
well, I think what's kind of helped me is just the less it, it sucks because it's like you want to engage with your sure. your viewers, but it's 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 the negative ones that just kind of stick. Like every time there's like ten thousand amazing yeah, people that are saying you're doing it, it's like the ten really specific hateful comments yeah. where you're like, "Fuck, I, like they found me out. Yeah, They're yeah, right, yeah. you know." And I think when you've shown your life as long as I have, like they will find the most just specific things. Like they know what ticks you. Like you, they know your ticks. And I feel like with AI, like I, I feel like the comments are gonna get even more specific. Like stuff that you didn't even know sure. that you were <laughs> insecure about. Um, yeah, I would so, as that because again, when you get the kind of traffic you get, those numbers increase dramatically. Like as much as you get increase all the positive ones tenfold, you also increase all the negative ones. You're gonna have the various hate. And granted, you know, I've seen some of your stuff, and for the most part, you seem to have. Uh, really positive feedback that you get yeah. like most people seem to be really sweet to you they like you they are so you seem percentage wise to get less of the hate field stuff but but the reality is you can be a saint and you're gonna get hate field stuff at Absolutely. the end of the day it's yeah. like everybody does and again even with your numbers even if they are the ratio is uh, 500 great ones to one hateful one with the numbers you get that's still a lot of hateful ones yeah. so then it's like how do you deal with that part <laughs> well i just don't re i feel like these days like the internet's kind of burrowing and all these like discord forums like it's like all the really fucked up stuff is yeah. getting buried into these systems where i i don't even follow the app, those apps you know which which is like it's, it's truly out of sight out of mind nice. and i think generally my community is really positive good they i I think I have a good relationship with my subscribers. I think it's also because I started my career like technically older than the average like TikTok star. Like sure. I was I was like 18. Yeah. I was almost 19. So I'm so happy I didn't Ancient. start any earlier. <laughs> right. Or else I would have like I feel so bad for those child stars like just trying to figure things out and it's sure. literally just permanent. Like all their their yeah. their mistakes are just shown for everyone to see. That I don't I think that actually ruins like a part of their brain. Like yeah. I think that's like emotional trauma where it stunts that that growth. For we, sure. Wait for the AI to bring your MySpace page up just to show everybody. What That's gone. I'm so, actually. I'm <laughs> you really happy. It was gone. No, well, I know. I'm really happy that someone <laughs> hacked into my MySpace and my photo bucket because uh, it was. I think it was someone at school. Like, right. Yeah. I yeah. think. I don't. I think I have an inkling on who it is, but they deleted everything. Right. All of my weird photo. I had literally had thousands of photos. And you were that like, I was just taking. Thank you. Yeah. And before, you would like, have yeah. taken me so many yeah, hours exactly, to do exactly. that. And I think like at yeah. that age, like in 2008, like or 2006. Like, like the the internet was like, show us the craziest thing of that course. you're doing. Like, show us what you're doing yeah. at the party. So, so I'm like so happy that oh it's gone, or is it gone? Like, when you delete something on the internet, like, where does it go? Is there like a a, a, like a dumpster? I mean, the point or? is, there's always the question. So always somebody, you know, there's there's the uh, the people that make copies of everything every day. <laughs> So there's the, that the, the internet reclamation project or something really? like that. Oh yeah. There's that every post, everything. They will grab and keep it on their own giant server somewhere. It's archives? Wow. Yeah. But then it's there's all. the other side oh. too of it, which is it could be out there. But the reality is, unless you're running for president, in which case every last thing will be dug out, yeah. nobody cares because there's so much content being 
thrown at you every day that the last thing you want to do is go dig just like forget it you know it's mm-hmm. lost forever kind of thing at that point like I was talking to somebody about music and they were saying oh you know one of the things is that so people will discover this music because it's kept forever of the music that exists uh, before it could be made by AI when it's purely human and I'm like it can be there but when you have 50,000 things to choose from just because it's there doesn't mean you're even gonna find it so in that regard it's like stuff could even be there yeah. And nobody will care. And you, you haven't know, heard Janis Joplin doing Nirvana yet? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> what were you it's, thinking? Uh, yeah, no, it's um, exactly. That's the that's the vibe. But I guess related to that, one thing that also you are addressing that I thought was really interesting is the something that happens inside our brains when we are posting, when we are doing the the feeling that you start thinking that everything in your life becomes content Mm. you know and i've seen some people i guess to drive it a little more specifically like i've seen people who could be perfectly nice people but like my question more often than not is like can you go through something in your life that doesn't become a life lesson for all your people following like like it it becomes I think it ruins experience at some point mm. because like I've noticed sometimes when I'm thinking like I'm going through an experience thinking to chronicle it so quote unquote mm-hmm. the experience goes to shit it's mm-hmm. like I get to experience it so much less in depth because there's another side of my brain that's on that's like oh and then the exciting thing happened let me drop that down oh and then and you know <laughs> and you have this third person yeah. thing watching and it's like whoa 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 and, and, you know, especially when you talk about meaningful things, like how many people do we know are like they can never have a psychedelic experience without it being like, let me tell you from A to Z what happened during those eight hours. Mm. It's like, can you just have an experience once, you know? Right. And you did address that in uh, your post. You, I did. you brought that up. And I thought it was very interesting because there's another thing that I was like, oh, that's, a, that's something to be aware of and it's important. What has been uh, your take on it? Because precisely because, you know, if you are a creator and you want to be genuine and you want to share things about your life, it seems completely innocent and normal. It's like, hey, these are things that happen to me. Mm. I want to share them with people. So it's not a bad thing. The problem is that when it becomes, you know, your default mode where every single thing that happens is you're already thinking about how it's going to be perceived and Mm -hmm. shared and framed. Yeah. I'm shooting myself from the left this time. (laughs) Exactly. You know, you're, you're thinking with editing in mind the entire time. Um, what's your take on it? How do you deal with it? I think it's something that I still struggle with right now, especially because it's it's been so ingrained Mm -hmm. in me. If like there's, if there's like a life, uh, a life milestone or a conflict or something, I always, kind of like subconsciously look at through a lens of a story. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder like, is this something that even like writers str- suffer with yep. when they're experiencing something like, do are they like, oh, like this is good. This will be great for my story. Sure. This will be great for my story. And I feel like this is actually something that my therapist brought up where she does say that I have this chronic need to that, or like I have this, I have this tendency to always say, this happened because of X and Y. Like I, I'm always kind of structuring it mm-hmm. in a storyline because I feel like that is sometimes what gives experiences meaning to me. Yep. And so I think this lesson in my life right now is just to let things be because I almost feel like I'm a memory hoarder where I almost, after every day, I love journaling because sure. I feel like that's, I, sometimes I don't even know what I think unless I've written it down. Yeah. 
And I don't know if that's a good thing or if that's a bad thing. But I look at my husband and he is ju- he is just himself. He just he doesn't write anything down. He's he's like literally so zen, so chill. And I'm like, what's it like not having to analyze and and, and, and be anxious about right. like collecting <laughs> these things so that like later Wonderful. on. You, yeah, if, I'm sure. I'm sure. And so I almost feel like maybe this is my lesson in life to like understand like sure I'm building building this like amazing sandcastle, but the tide's gonna wash it away and I yep. have to be okay with that. Yep. Right. Um so yeah, I think it's just it's 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 uh, it's hard. Like I think these days, especially because I my job is to make videos and, and contents. So like now I, I kind of have a structure where there are days that, like I, have, I I only vlog on days where it's on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Anything else, I don't even. I I, I just don't. I just let right. me just have that moment. I'll write it down Not in my even journal. A special emergency one. Sometimes, okay. Uh, uh, some, okay, sometimes I'm working on it, but maybe maybe that'll be my next goal, right? <laughs> let me. It's got to be harder being a mom though. I'm sorry. How do you have time for how do you have time for doing all these uh journaling when you've got a little one? Right oh, now? When, when he's asleep. When he's asleep. Yeah. That's when you get to sleep. Yeah, we also uh, yeah, yeah, like but he, but he does like I I think like I like he goes he goes to sleep at like 8, you know? And then so I have like 2 hours to just do what I want to. Also, we have help. We have a nanny, that which is uh, incredible and job. my parents yeah. are very involved so it, it really does take a village to to raise you get bakes that's yeah. nice and yeah I that s- helps mm-hmm. your mental sanity a lot absolutely I, I gotta know did you grab a threads account this week I did I did do you already have blue sky What's I don't blue even know sky? what that is what is that blue sky is just more of a a lefty version of like when Twitter first when huh. Mastodon wasn't working that great Blue Sky came along I see also there's ha- another one. yeah I did actually I did the same thing I did threads yesterday because yeah. I was like oh what the hell yeah. why not <laughs> finally get my you name know, for the first time like, <laughs> if uh, Twitter goes crashing and burning it there's like gonna be done. which is probably you think? Yeah. Who knows? But again, it's like doesn't hurt but, to have an alternative. Yeah, right? but I feel like Twitter going down. I think that's really gonna cr- like that. That was like kind of like the the brain of social media. You yeah. know, like sure, maybe not everyone's on it, but that's where all the ideas were generated mm-hmm. and what was created to be in t- traditional media. Like all the journalists are there looking for the stories, the best ones, and yeah. then they kind of sprinkle down. And so cutting that off, I feel like what he was that, already dead. It may be it's, it may it, be the threads take over because I mean they are trying to do the exact same thing and, and they got like thirty yeah. million people on day one. Yeah, they yes. were expecting like ten million over six months and they got thirty million on day one. So people I think he's done with it, man. Which is yeah. a shame because I love Twitter, but no, it's not what it used to be. Yeah, mm. yeah. I put a time uh, limit on Twitter because yeah. I because it, it was always just showing me the, the scariest things. You know, that yeah, actually it was exactly something I wanted to ask you about in terms of the addiction to it all to avoid ending up 12 hours a day on and do read every little comment and respond. How do you do it? Do you time yourself? Do you give yourself today? I'm going online for X amount of time, or how, how do you do it? I just have a timer on the apps that suck my energy. I have this thing called a uh, one sec, uh-huh. and so it creates it makes the the barrier of entry a lot harder uh-huh. so when you so you you select the apps that take up the most of your time and what it does is when you open it it forces you to take one long deep breath <laughs> and it, i feel like it's longer than a second right and then after it's like do you really want to go here right. and i think just that beat <laughs> is enough to be like no i don't want to do this okay you know okay, and then okay. it'll show you how many attempts it, it it has and i think with twitter i don't even go on it anymore because right. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, because it, I'm on Threads now. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not on Threads. But the thing is, yeah. like, even with Instagram, like, I've noticed that I, I th- when when I'm on it too much, it makes me feel less than. Yep. It makes me feel more insecure. It makes me sure. feel like I'm not hustling harder. It makes me feel stupid. It, you know, it not makes me feel left out. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I have a community. I have friends. I have yep. like a fulfilling career. And so if it makes me feel that way, I can't even imagine what it makes other people feel. Absolutely. So, and it's just strange that it's still like my job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I think I think I'm I'm in a weird relationship with uh especially short form media yeah. right now because I feel like it, it's really d- difficult to create just like meaningful worthwhile mm-hmm. content um that is just so short. Yeah, of course. But it's kind of like if you don't do the the yeah. short form content then you, no one like you're I don't know. I mean, I do like to, to be honest. I like the idea. For me like because I enjoy so much storytelling. Mm. I like storytelling in... Uh, I actually did once, back when Twitter was something else, way back in the day, they actually invited me once to do a speech about storytelling because they were like, ah, tweets are essentially story. And and honestly, I think it was just an excuse for one guy who just like, ah, I like this guy, let's <laughs> meet him. And then he subjected his employees to my ramblings. But <laughs> It's only 140 it's, characters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, to me, that was interesting. That principle of like, you know, I can tell a story in eight hours, you know, where I dug in every little detail and backstory and this and that and the other, and I'm going to have a blast doing that. But I can tell the same story. Well, not the same, of course, but like I can tell kind of the same story in a, of course, very little that level of detail in 20 minutes. And then I can tell the same story in 20 seconds. You know, hmm. it's like, of course, the amount of information and the depth is going to change. Yeah. Right? So you're just compressing. The yeah. one that like the one that we I use all the time as an example is the Dan Carlin one, right? Where it's like I was talking with um, I don't know if you're familiar with Dan Carlin. He's one of, by far my favorite podcaster. He does a hardcore history. He's mm. but beside that, he's just a fantastic human being. I just like him as a person. I will listen to him talk about the phone book and read every name in it. You know, <laughs> like and uh, and he was asking me once. I did this series about the Italian painter Caravaggio, and it was probably about four hours. You know, it was two uh, two hours each episode, two episodes. So it was probably about four hours, right? And he was like, Caravaggio. I mean, sure, great painter, but what's the story there? And you know, I'm not gonna have four hours to go through with him on the phone. I have my 20 second pitch at most and so i was like how do i tell that story that i spent months researching how do i convey to him in uh, two sentences a sentence or something mm. and to me that's a fun challenge you know and so i told him oh, no, don't think um don't just think italian artist think tupac and tupac being an italian painter in the 1600s you know and carly was like I don't need to hear anything else. You sold me. I got it. <laughs> you know? And to me, that was fun, right? It's yeah. like it's one sentence. Mm-hmm. But it was one sentence that evocative. That doesn't, of course, you don't know the story by the time I'm done with that one sentence. But you have a flavor. You have, uh, you can smell it. You can get a sense of it. Yeah, you it's know? like the trailer can, for the exactly. movie. Mm-hmm. That's what he describes me. Quentin Tarantino of painting. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? And to me, that's the fun of it. It's like we can go super in-depth in a story. And there's an art in doing it really in depth, taking a long time. There's an art doing it in a 10-minute YouTube video. There's mm. an art to do it in a 30-second. I have two, three sentences to tell you the essence of it. And, right. 
and I enjoy that process actually. I find it like a fun challenge. It is you a know? challenge. Yeah, yeah, I think like putting it in that perspective, it does make me look at it in a different lens. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like how do I have fun with this thing I care about if I can only give you the elevator pitch of it, right. and nothing else. But I feel like you're very special because you you are like you you, you have such a, like a like a broad hist like you know mm-hmm. broad knowledge like or like just like in depth knowledge of it. But I feel like the problem with short form media is that there's a lot of it's like easier to fake something sure. that a topic that you have no idea what you're Absolutely. talking about but Absolutely. as long as you have the conviction yeah. and like flashy graphics like then people are just gonna believe it for you know? sure for sure so i mean i see like i one of the things i do to keep history on fire going is i have a patreon mm. and so on patreon i do shorter episodes and shorter are still pretty long they're like 30 to 45 minutes oh, kind nice. of things yeah but there's no comparison with how much time it takes me to prepare one of those to prepare a two hour episode. And you feel like 45 minutes to two hours is not barely twice as much, you know, a little over than twice as much. It's mm. not that much. It's like, it's a gigantic jump because 30 to 45, I can have fairly minimal preparation. And as long as I know the topic, I know I can put it together very quickly. Mm. Two hours. I need to go to a level of depth that is not twice as much work, is 20 times as much right, work. Right, right. And so that aspect of, yeah, the short version, the amount of uh, depth that you can get to is very, very different. For, mm. That's why I do like long form. Long form is great. But also it's like you don't always have the option of long True. form. Or some people don't have that much time or they don't have that. So if they want a 10-minute video, I should be able to do it in 10 minutes in a way that gives them something. Yeah. Can you fake it more in 10 minutes? For sure. Mm. For sure. But, you know, that's somebody else will do that. You do your thing that you know about, that you care about, and it's going to come out well. You know, mm. that's the... But yeah, I enjoy that process of stretching. Uh, whatever time you give me, I'm going to make something good with that time, whether it's a quick one or not. Wow. The, but yeah, one question that she asked in her post that I thought was fantastic when on that topic of authenticity they were discussing, I even wrote it down because I was like, oh, I like this. She said, what's authenticity when we're always on? You know, mm. what does it mean to be authentic when there's always kind of that social media camera on that you have? And... That's my greatest fear for this generation. I mean, when you think we're now at a point where we take more photos in a day that we're taking in the first 120 years of photography every wow. day, just clicking them off, firing them off. And these younger generations are literally coloring and filtering their memories before they've even had the time for them to drift into their minds. Right. When you color and you correct and you now this Photoshop stuff you can do instantly that you people used to get paid to do. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, all this stuff is so that none of your memories are even going to be accurate. They're going to be these representations that you and the AI put together of moments that back in the day, if you had if you're out for the weekend, you had three rolls of 36 shots. Mm. You couldn't just be firing away randomly and checking them. Is that a good one? It's a whole different time. Yeah, that's why I love film. Because oh, yeah. you have to be very strategic. Yeah, about <laughs> make sure I what, say yeah, something. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I've blown through a roll of film and be like, ah, freaking idiot. Can't like, believe like, I've yeah, gone through eight that. Eight shots yeah, of the of same course. thing. Yeah, but yeah, it, I didn't know that statistic. That's But that makes a lot of sense. I have a great influencer story. <laughs> I work at the Griffith Observatory. Really? Yeah, I'm one of the telescope demonstrators. And um, E.T. turned 40 years old a few mm-hmm. months back. Oh, wow. So the geniuses at Universal were like, I know what we'll do. We'll rent out our Leonard Nimoy screening room 
and invite all these influencers down to check out this movie that they surely have not experienced before. So nobody bothered to do any research to see if anybody gave a shit about it. Yeah. <laughs> so they built, I mean, they brought actual props that decorated the whole place just in this incredible array of everything, food. Yeah. They bring them in. The first ones were walking out within eight minutes. Stupid. I don't think even 10 of them made it through the whole movie. Really? But, really? Yeah, because Universal did not even bother to think that maybe people don't want to see a 40-year-old movie. But still, yeah. you know, they always put our stuff out there in the theater from a million years ago and people like That's it. That's for as people a, that want to go see it. True. Oh, this they was just more like, a, we're going to get these, you know, oh, they were all kind of so they pick some 15 and 20. Oh, yeah. Purple hair, three camera people flitting around them. The most important people in the world, clearly. I mean, of course. Yeah. If you're putting and, people who don't want to be there, they're, yeah. yeah what it was I, just what an do you expect? unbelievable, yeah. like, misthink. Yeah, yeah, that's a poor, poorly strategic. <laughs> but I see that I all the time. I always love to see that happen yeah. too. Oh yeah, it's I big see it all the time. time. It, but it, it, it kind of like I think that's what. But that's why one of the reasons, like, like okay, so influencer trips and branding. I think it reached its peak at 2017, where you would just have these just like ornate, sumptuous parties where like there's literally everything that you want. It's it's like at, you're in Bermuda on a yacht, and there's just like tequi- free tequila mm-hmm. everywhere, and you know you like. There's like, I think maybe, I would say maybe like only 10 per, okay, 20% of the people were actually having fun. Like, sure, we get our content, but no one was actually enjoying the actual amenities of it. Because you're just working and people, and then you you become in this phase of like sizing yourself up to everyone else that looks like a supermodel. Like, you're wearing the same clothes and you're, and then who's going to get the better shot? Who's going to get the better post? So it becomes this like, this very like dystopian thing. And I think as someone who, and I think the problem with this is just like everyone feels like an imposter. And that's why everyone's just acting like in a way that, they don't usually do because this is just a uh, just an objectively abnormal experience for everyone but our job is like this is normal yeah, this yeah. is what we do we're trying to sell some clothes like it's and i look back and i and i think there was this like big I mean, yeah, like this. It's like it's, it's like I, I don't. I don't want to sound like I'm like moaning about a problem, like problem like no, this. No, no, no. But, but it's just like a, a just a, a jarring experience. No? And so I think there was there was just that that twenty percent of the people that. And I think for me, as someone who sees how the, like the time and effort that went into build everything yeah. to fly everyone out there, like it was just it's, just, it's such a a crazy way to, to spend, yeah, <laughs> spend money. money. Yeah. So the, after I finished work, like I was down to just fucking party, you know, yeah. like enjoy, like if, like if we did all this, like the least thing we do is like actually Have enjoy fun. it, yeah, of course. you know? And so it was very interesting to see like, like 80% of the people just clear like the, they were the like, place. okay, I've done my yeah. job of trying to get exactly. back. Exactly, and, and I think, and I think, but I think, um, yeah, I don't know. So I, I see that all the time, even with like movie premieres. Like you just, you don't, you just go there to take the photos, and then you come right back, yep. or you go to like five events in one night, and it's just like the the. I just feel like we're reaching planetary boundaries where we just can't do this. Just yeah. the 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 excessive amount of of of, of items. It, it, I don't know. It just it, it it makes it makes my head spin. I can't believe you say movie premieres because that was my next thing. Because I've been doing Memoirs of the Geisha was my first movie premiere, mm. so that's two thousand six ish, and where we would have crews and jibs and the whole none of that anymore. No, it's just influencers uh, with the people phone literally and shooting the, over their yeah, phone. Of course, maybe a, you know a nice Sony camera of some kind to make it look better. But yeah, yeah. the whole thing they don't even care about the press line. 
because yeah. the press line doesn't have two million followers. No, exactly. Yeah. It's like somebody's Instagram would be way more than any press line there is. And oh, that I was guess a, quite a nice gig that just doesn't exist. Didn't know, of course. Mm. All those things change. And Who would ever thought premieres ago? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, this is like I mean, like how do what do you guys think about like Web three and the metaverse? Like, like kind of hosting all Wor- our things worse, in virtual worse, reality. Worse than ever. Because <laughs> we already have a massive collection of angry incels that sit there online day and night spewing their hate. Now they're going to live on the 3,000th floor of some awesome luxury apartment in Tokyo, which is just their shitty bedroom mm. laid out the same way. There's no coming out of that. Why would you ever come out? Yeah, I don't even have, I haven't looked enough, so I don't have an opinion it's kind of like the virtual reality stuff and what, what freaks me out even more is the augmented reality yeah so you're walking around in this space but you have glasses on that are right what if you're tripping on something <laughs> <laughs> right yeah there's something to be said for this is a bad combination physical uh yeah but because this is the beautiful place why can't they be accepting of you know what it is. But how long will it stay beautiful? Oh, I don't know. See, I About think that's... eight more weeks. <laughs> so there's the other aspect yeah. of it where you're like... So I think like there, I, at first I was very resistant to the to Web3 being like, oh, like, like nothing can beat reality. But, yeah. you know, just I, I do think that the world's going to look very different in <laughs> Reality. Yeah, where it's like, say, like it's the right. sky right. is just in, fucking brown yeah. now. Right into yeah. the matrix chambers and be batteries and that's it. We, okay, it doesn't need to be like that. <laughs> I mean, who knows what... It, yeah, I, 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 that, that is one reality, you know? Right. But I think... If 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 the AI is is like benevolent and wants to coexist with us, like I'm on maybe there for a minute. Bad, new, bad news for the billionaires. Uh, yeah, I, well, maybe they'll be terraforming forming Mars, and they're all there. I don't know. Well, they already run it. <laughs> That's a robots-only place. Yeah. Well, oh. before wrapping up, I guess one thing I wanted to ask you was: uh, in all of these, how do you how do you think you keep uh, your sanity through all of these? Because you know, it's uh, again. You have had, in some ways, you can look at your journey and go like, I've been so insanely lucky. I got to do mm-hmm. stuff I want to do, mm-hmm. talk about stuff that interests me, get paid. This is heaven. <laughs> you know, this is as good as it gets. Yeah. On the other hand, there are all these issues. There's that internal editing going on all the time of your experience. There's, you know, the things that, again, everybody online deals with. In your case, when it's your profession, it's your thing, it's magnified much more than most people get to experience. What are your tools to to feel grounded, to feel uh, like I'm still enjoying life. I still, uh, this mm. is good. I feel good about life. Not just simply like I need to churn out content and I have to think purely in terms of being the editor of my own life kind right. of thing. Like what's your... Like my non-negotiables to stay grounded yeah. and like enjoy... Yeah, what, yeah, what yeah. are your tools to keep your yeah. mental sanity, I guess? I feel like it's just... I, okay, I feel like like as I get older, it's I'm realizing a lot of the like substances that I was consuming was just giving me anxiety and and creating that voice of mm-hmm. doubt to get louder. So obviously, like reducing caffeine, reducing alcohol, running, like exercising yeah. every day, meditation, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's stuff that like everyone knows, but I just had to roll up my sleeves and like actually do it, yeah. and just being extremely consistent with it and understanding that you know this just because I do this for I just do like a thirty day challenge doesn't like fix me overnight. It's like I have to look at look at it through the long the long game. Mm-hmm. So, 
So these yeah. are all things that kind of bring you back to the present moment. Yes. And, are, and, and you know. ultimately understanding like my job, like I can't take my job too seriously. Sure. Like I'm not saving lives here. It's <laughs> right. like if you're literally watching this, this video that you're probably going to watch once and maybe another time if you're bored or want right. to feel nostalgic, <laughs> that's literally it. It's not rocket science, yeah. you know? And I think when I think of that and I, 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 I like kind of lean into the absurdity of my life, it's fucking wonderful. Right. Like I know in like 30 years from now, I'm going to look back in this chapter of my life being like, why didn't you appreciate it more of course literally like like i have like i have there's so much to be grateful for and if okay. and if you know civilization is going to collapse and we and hum, humanity just dies like i want to really enjoy this moment yeah yeah you know yeah. it makes That's me ju- perfect attitude yeah, right? yeah. Like, <laughs> he may all crash and burn but mm-hmm. i'm still having fun but like yeah. right now it's yeah. incredible and like yes i'm gonna do the like my best i'm gonna try my best to create content that that makes people feel uplifted yep. or or just like make them feel less alone mm-hmm. i don't know learn something then hope, i've done my job it doesn't yeah. i hope your next the next one should be you on a helicopter that's delivering a kidney what <laughs> okay where did we source this kidney <laughs> well we can find that out if you want to start there <laughs> dead guy here so yeah. well, it's probably the yugers is where it probably came from oh but no gosh. i mean yeah jump in with both feet yeah <laughs> That would be a hell of an episode. <gasps> Maybe I'll just have AI generate that. I don't think I oh, actually want to do that. we've lost already. Yeah, I, I thought I saw that blue gleam in her eye. Yeah. She's already. Well, I on. think I, I think what I think moving forward, I think we're just going to prioritize in person, like like real life meetups. Right. That's it. Nothing like, more important. Yeah, and no. even with like like learning how to do a skill like guitar playing, I think you can't beat it live. So I think there's no. still going to be incentive of wanting to be your best self, like be your best biological self. Yeah. Right. Mm. I dig it. Yeah. The more concerts, it. and I think yeah, I more more like like I, I okay like about, about religion. Mm-hmm. I know we're wrapping up, but mm-hmm. I, I actually had like a a lot of questions that I no, wanted no, to ask you. Means, yeah. But like like I do you feel that religion right now in the western civilization is is, is plummeting like do you feel like yeah. people and do you think like that kind of like that like as i feel like as, as humans like i feel like we're, we're aching for salvation yeah. which is why religion is just like it, it's just like it s- s- smooths out the corners sometimes of course so like where do you think like do you okay so like do you think like ai as a religion like having ai as gods is is gonna be a possibility like what I mean, I think connected to what you're saying about uh, the stuff that works for your mental health, they're all things that bring you back to being grounded, Mm. right? I think the one thing that, well, there are several things that go into religion, but one of the things that human beings crave like crazy are are rituals that connect us to something. Mm. And so... The, once the traditional ritual are going the way of the dinosaurs because they don't apply to people's life, they don't feel meaningful anymore, creating rituals that uh, probably bring people together mm-hmm. because there's that social need, they bring you back in the moment, they bring you back in your physical self when you spend so much time in digital realm. They do things like that. I think we need them like we need oxygen, you know? But of course, these are things that we need to create to a large degree because the solution is not found in going back to some tradition that died out probably because it no longer applies to people's lives. So Mm. inevitably it dies out. So, Mm -hmm. you know, so whether it is- Yeah, not that one. I knew it. Exactly. 
but oh. like if you go um it can be the monday night uh, sauna with your friends mm. it can be whatever the hell right? right but you bring it a certain and some of it is purely social but some of it you bring ultimately what makes it spiritual or religious or not is a lot of what you bring to it right is how much you bring and i think we need to we really need to invent them to a large degree because mm. the old rituals largely don't work anymore and so but we still need them right. so then the question is what replaces them and i think it really is almost a creative job to think of like okay how do we bring stuff that serves that function that brings us back to a to a place that when you have gone in 3000 direction press the reset button to bring you back that like people these days love a lot like meditation which mm. of course is going to be here forever because it serves <laughs> a very basic function but even that like to me is like meditation is fantastic there's nothing wrong with it but it's also very individual mm -hmm. you know works great for the individual i'm interested also in things that can work almost in a community building factor you know meditation is a fantastic individual ritual mm -hmm. how do you bring rituals that bring community together that bring other humans together and and it's an open question, right? And I think in that I feel good about because it's a creative process. It's like, let's come up with some of them. Let's figure out what are the things that can uh, speak to us in in this day and age. We are going to see the growth of cults like there's no tomorrow mm -hmm. because what? they are going to replace, because of course they are going to replace what people have lost with the loss of traditional religions. But, you know, so often the, the pendulum is we don't like where this is going, weird cults or hyper-individualism, so let's go back to the past. And mm -hmm. it's like, no, the past is gone for a reason. And even if you don't like the present, the solution is not in going back to the past, it's figuring out a better alternative to the present one you have in front of you and to the old one that no longer works. So I really feel that I think it will have a huge impact. It will still be part of people's lives, mm. but it has to be reinvented to a large degree. I don't think the traditional forms are... And again, maybe I'm not saying that the traditional religions are going to disappear, but even those, to be meaningful to people's lives today, they have to be repackaged and reinvented right. in a way that apply to people's needs today. Yeah. You know, can can be the same thing as a thousand years ago. It doesn't mm -hmm. make sense. Because you know? I do think, like... Because I, I grew up uh, Presbyterian Christian. Mm -hmm. oh, I no. went to... <laughs> well, that's my parents. They still are, and they still think I am. Um, so... so but, I hope um, they don't find out about this <laughs> internet thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, I like I. The thing is, when I was thirteen, I said I'm an like I'm an atheist. You yeah. know, like I went through that phase. But I still loved going to church. Sure. I loved going every Sunday and seeing my church friends and mm -hmm. like singing songs and then just playing games afterwards. And I think that is kind of what humans need. It's like we yep. need that repetition of like being with a community every week and just yep. like getting something that fills our soul, like a message. You know, maybe it doesn't need to be about like the bible sure. but just something that makes you carry on with life because living is is, is hard yep. it really freaking is and it just gets more advanced as you get older and so i think that i think is is missing some sort of like kind, like a weekly thing a yeah. reason to meet up and yeah. i think these days trying to find a commitment out of people to come meet in real life is really hard because nothing is going to beat the comfort of your bed your co you know <laughs> <laughs> that's where like the, the, the what you were saying like being amongst folks is so it's an important thing yeah i did go by a church down in the south where i was and it literally said jesus guns babies wow wow now, with no <laughs> 
Okay. With with on with no note. punctuation, it really made <laughs> yeah. me wonder what was going on in there. <laughs> with no punctuation is disturbing. Yes. Uh, even without, even accurate. with punctuation, would be disturbing. Yeah, but without it, it's <laughs> even worse. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> guns, maybe. Yeah. This was the message they were putting out. I, yeah, that so, would be. Have you ever read Sebastian Unger's book Tribe? That's a good You'll one. You'll gobble it up. It's oh, a tiny, excited. short one, but it's just the whole nature that we were groups of 120 to 140 people for 240,000 years. Mm. And this new influx of so many people, 8.5 billion almost yeah. now, it's madness. And we're not able to work in those kind of Yeah, and sizes. that's exactly what we need uh, period at a social level. And yep. I think when it's tied to some kind of spiritual aspect, it reinforces it even more. Mm. That's why to me it's like we're talking about it like bunch of people who do martial arts on a weekly basis. Mm. Do they really like to choke each other out that much? Maybe, maybe not. I think a lot of it is they go in because they like grappling. It's fun. I watch Bruce Lee movies, whatever. But then you are there and it becomes a community where right. people lack. And so that becomes their church, pretty mm -hmm. much. That becomes their ritual. They go in, they work out, they do jujitsu, they see their friends, they have human contact, they chit chat. It takes the place essentially of what exactly what you are describing as church, mm. essentially in their lives. Right. I think doing it a little more intentionally, a little more choosing the messages, I think that would be the way to go. But people are doing it in weird, odd ways. Yeah. I think in uh, doing it with, like I'm, I do find interesting something that is not purely, oh, we got together to go hiking, which is great. There's nothing wrong with it, but have some kind of like shared view, shared worldview, values, mm -hmm. things. It's important. It's something that human beings crave. And it's something that I don't think we can just do without. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I do think some of the things have to be sort of either invented or reinvented for this new age that we live in. Yep. For Absolutely. Sure. I get the same thing from the observatory. Yeah. I get to show 400 people the planets. I want to go to one of your shows. There all the time. I'm, okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> I would wait till visit. September because Jupiter and Saturn will be back up. Really? Extraordinary. Yeah. Okay, cool. And it gets dark earlier. Perfect. Now it doesn't even get dark till it's almost morning. So. Right. I love it. That was outstanding. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Where could you be found on the internet? Oh my gosh, you guys can find me on threads. YouTube. Oh, <laughs> my threads, my one post on threads. Yes. I still, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, you guys. It started literally two days ago. I know, so, right? Yes. I know. I don't know if I'm going to be that <laughs> activist. Like, I feel knows? like this is going to be another social media account that I just abandoned. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, I, my YouTube is my main, uh, my main thing. Just find me on Gen M. And then you can find me on Instagram, and that's pretty much that's it. Plenty. Yeah, that's yes. it. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like my Twitter's dead. Well, the funky music means one thing, and that's the end of another fine episode. A fine episode, indeed. That was—I didn't know what to expect. Influencer was sort of a, a nervous term. I've bumped into some influencers over the day. She was not that. No, very sweet, smart person. Everything checks out. I'm really glad we had this conversation. Yep. She's a very delightful human being. We could use more like her. Absolutely. On that note, we want to wish you all a wonderful day and uh, hope you do good things with it. Bye, everybody. Ta-da. Cool.
Would you like to hear a terrible story? Yes, always. One day the road shall teach you. What have we learned this week? Be calm, be kind, be brave. Yep, we're just live by. See you guys. D B O L E L L I. Good shit. R I C H I M O N and the numeral one. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dallas Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Danielli at D-Bolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo! Let's go to rehearsal. We're rolling this one. Talk.